listening to Fox Sports Radio. Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now... We're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. I'll tell you what, fellas. I think our goal is to have a show today and a football Saturday that is not the equivalent of the Los Angeles Lakers. I think we should yeah. uh, have that as Ouch. a personal goal of ours. Right there. Just heard Ilo on the update the say, show. yeah, 2-10 and ten on the season? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Worse than Goodness. Colorado. You know, by the way, just off the top of my head, that leads to an interesting question. Who would you say is the Lakers of college football this season? It's Colorado. With big expectations. <laughs> no, I'm but, just kidding. <laughs> almost the equivalent record, but you got to have big expectations and horrid results. Does anybody pop in your mind there? Well, I mean, we haven't seen the whole Lakers season so far, so I'll say Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, you asked for that, Brian. Did you Brian, see you, last week? Brian, <laughs> you asked for that one, bud. Did you, you asked see for them that. wake up the echoes against a top five team last Rich, week? I, 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 I rope, did like, see that. Sting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that, you know what? We're we're one minute in. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? That was me. Great. Oh, Brian. Absolutely great here. You know what? We got some good matchups here today. Got a couple of ranked versus ranked matchups. The highlight, of course, is number four, TCU at number 18, Texas. TCU undefeated in their seven-point underdogs against a three-loss team. And this is, we'll get into this a little bit later, how the rankings can be very misleading. But first off, in this particular matchup, what stands out to me, many things do, but one of the things that stands out to me, Texas has started fast and TCU has started slowly. TCU actually has four come-from-behind wins when they trailed in the second half. So for an undefeated team, the question is, how long can you sustain that recipe of success? It's going to get tough down here down the stretch, especially when you near that finish line of getting a college football playoff berth. Sometimes you grip a little bit tighter. So I'm really curious if this repeats itself today. Wouldn't be surprised at all if TCU faces a deficit in the second half as well. Yeah, you know, it was Bill Parcells who used to say you are what your record says you are. And, like, at this point in the season, week 11 of the college football season, if you're a slow-starting football team and have been for 11 weeks, well, chances are you're a slow-starting football team. So you're right, Brian. I mean, that those chickens can come home to roost against better opponents. And Texas, if there is a team on the schedule which will or can derail the Horned Frogs, it's the Longhorns, right? They're one of the last four undefeated football programs in the country, and they're alongside Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. None of those are surprises. All of them were ranked in the top 10 in the AP preseason polling. Now, we know that the polling is what it is. It's not an accurate science. But say what? Like, on a yearly basis, it's somewhat 70 
80% accurate as to those teams that are going to either be one loss, undefeated, or two loss teams, and they're going to hover near the top 10 for the remainder of the season. TCU wasn't even getting votes. They weren't even one of the, the 47 teams that even got one vote to be included uh, in this ranking in the preseason. So they've come out of nowhere. They've been able to sustain. This is going to be their best chance to get knocked off that platform here down the stretch of the season. I, Brian, you, you nailed it too with the eye test on TCU starting slow. Two and nine against the spread in the first half. Wow. So not great. So not Texas great. first half, huh? That's- Texas first <laughs> half, obviously. Sounds good. Texas full game, wink, wink, nudge, nudge for later. Get it probably now because the sevens might not be there if you wait. Just putting that out there. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that sentence right there. Against the number four ranked team, get the seven right now for Texas because it might not last. It's amazing. Yeah. Lay the seven now. You might even have to pay an extra five or ten cents for it now. I saw that move starting to materialize yesterday, and I quickly – Went to my BetMGM app and made the wager. Um, but that's neither here nor there. What is here nor there? We've been down this road before, guys. Last week, the number one team in the country, eight-point underdogs, closed around 10 to the number three team in the country. What happened in that game? Now, I don't think this game is going to have the same vibe to it as that one did, which was literally one team, Georgia, just pummeling Tennessee into submission. And... Tennessee had nothing left in the tank at the end of that. I mean, you could just, it was a very physical game. I don't know if this game's going to be as physical. I think it will be physical. I think Texas's defense likes to play physical. And I've said his name multiple times on the show this year, and I've rung the bell for this guy all season. And this is the game where it will matter more than most. Gary Patterson's experience and savvy and guile on the Texas staff will pay off in this game, I think, more than any other game on their schedule. He knows this TCU offense better than anyone. And Pete Kwiatkowski's done a great job, too. This Texas defense is well-equipped to hold this TCU offense in check. A couple of housekeeping things. Quinton Johnson, questionable with an ankle injury. A game-time decision. I think he'll play, but how effective will he be? And how much depth does TCU have behind him at receiver, if he's not 100%. The answer is not a lot. Max Dugan also a little nicked up with a calf injury. This is the war of attrition that TCU has played this year that they've been able to dodge every mine. I don't know if they're going to be able to dodge it today. I think today, especially based on the point spread, is the day that it all kind of explodes in their face. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I go back to, and we mentioned this on the podcast, Jared, the Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM podcast by the way check it out um I I make a baseball comparison with TCU because TCU a big part of their offensive success is the big play they hit big plays routinely you have 13 touchdowns of 40 plus yards this season that's the most in FBS and if you look at against this Texas defense which is pretty good Really good defense, and coupled with the injuries that you rattled off with Duggan and with Johnston, how good are you offensively if you don't have the big play? Mm. It's like a baseball team 
that hits a bunch of home runs in June and July. It's like, how good are you when you get to the playoffs and it's cold and the ball isn't flying out of the stadium? And sometimes baseball teams have problems when they don't have the home run ball that they rely on so much. So I wonder about that with TCU today. If they are relatively held in check and they're not scoring 40-plus yard touchdowns, how good is their offense? And I think we're going to get some answers today. Oh, yeah, we absolutely will. And it's a good thing to point out that TCO really does rely on their downfield offense. And the best, uh, the best way to, to battle that is with the big guys up front. And Texas's defensive line is one of the best units in the country. Uh, they're the fourth best pass rushing. Uh, they have the fourth fourth best pass rushing rate in all of the Power Five teams in college football right now, uh, and they are are a, a tremendous front. I, I mean, they got Ajamo and Murphy and Coburn and Sweat. I mean, those guys are monsters up front, which means that you can play those deep shell coverages. You know, cover two, have split safety coverage, keep everything in front of the defense. Just let your four horsemen up front try to get to Duggan and try to get him to throw off his spot it's not always people always get confused it's like well they only sacked him once you know uh, he just had a bad night at quarterback it's like whoa 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 if he wants to stay in the pocket and throw the football or if he even is one of those guys who can get on the edges and improvise but he's being chased for dear life while he's doing it those pressures matter your pressure rating in college football and in the nfl is just as important as how many times you actually get that guy on the ground. Yeah, that sets up longer yardage situations, and then second down's harder. If you get sacked on second down, third down's harder. It's an automatic punt. But getting pressure on a quarterback, having him throw off his back foot, having the timing be disrupted on routes downfield, having a situation where he can't see all the way through the throw so he doesn't know if that safety is starting to get a jump to get in front of a receiver downfield, it creates turnovers. And so that's what this Texas team does the best. Now, on the other side of this, TCU has a talented offensive line, top 20 in pass blocking, top 20 in run blocking. So it's strength on strength here a little bit. But... If I'm going to put my money behind one unit, it's going to be that Texas defensive line. Just wanted to clarify one thing. Two and nine against the spread in the first half was last year. They've only played nine games this year. They're four and four against the spread in the first half this year with one of the games, Tarleton, not having a first half line. So in the last two seasons, six and 13 against the spread in the first half. Obviously, new regime this year was Sonny Dyke, so maybe a bit of a different spot. So the numbers aren't as bad this year, four and four as I originally led on, but still not great for a team that's fourth in the country, not getting off to great starts. That being said, I think the TCU defense is also in for a a rude awakening in this game. And that's because over the last six weeks, again, TCU has dodged every bullet that they could possibly dodge on this schedule. They have faced in the last six games, five backup or third string quarterbacks. Texas Tech, backup quarterback. Kansas State, third-string quarterback. Oklahoma State, backup quarterback. Kansas, backup quarterback. Oklahoma, backup quarterback. It just, they've been very fortunate to get to this spot. There is a reason why the power ratings say the number four team in the country is a seven now trending towards seven and a half point road underdog against a team with three losses. Against the team with two of those losses, teams that TCU beat. So it just... The market doesn't lie about this stuff. Now, does that mean the game's over? We should just all go home. Texas is going to blow them out and, you know, hey, hook them horns. Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. No, they got to go play the game. (laughs) 
and that that is where things could go awry for Texas because we know what we see with Texas. For example, last week, we gave Matt as our play of the day. Yay, big win. <laughs> it was close. They were up 18, and Kansas State had a chance to tie it in the fourth quarter because Texas has had this problem with closing out games. So while the market is clear indicator, like literally flashing red lights in our face, go bet Texas, 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 Texas. They still have to go out and play the game, and they still have to finish the job and close out a team that has had nine lives like a cat all year long. So we'll see how it plays out. But the numbers, the analytics, the point spread, the market, it all says Texas. We'll see how it plays out tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. I always think about this with betting. Am I betting on this team? Am I betting on Team A as much as I'm betting against Team B? You know what I mean? And it's like I think a lot of the, the Texas people siding with them are more so betting against TCU. I feel like, because you mentioned it there, Jared, Texas has found ways like the Los Angeles Chargers of costing themselves games. And so I don't know if you're fading TCU more than uh, betting on Texas for the betting public out there. It's an interesting question to ask yourself. By the way, Mr. Nicknames, do you know what the nickname is? And I don't know this for Tarleton that you mentioned. Actually, I don't even I'll look it up, but you stumped me. (laughs) Okay. Get the is there do we have a family feud drop here? <laughs> <laughs> Survey says Yeah. <laughs> I got him. I got him, Rich. Got me. Well, yeah, is it, you is got it well the, Brian, you're you're obviously in attack Scotties? mode after Rich just totally I know. passed yeah. you in yeah. the first that, minute of the that show. That was that was not I mean nobody's had their coffee yet. That was <laughs> really I'm rotten. sorry. I didn't think you even said hi yet, and you were already that talking. Was, that was about Sting the from the top row. I said hi, yeah. I, that that <laughs> was what I said. I apologize. Goodness. Hey, be sure to check out the new looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature. And new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right. We've got Rich Orenberger. Mr. Penn State All-American with his Irish shots here early in the show. Totally fine. Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No, Coming up next, you all know the phrase rat poison. There is a phrase unveiled this week that rivals rat poison in terms of prestige, if you will. We'll let you know about that coming up. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Oh, welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM New Users. Download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, let's dive into this. Let's go! SEC matchup of the day. Oh, that's right, it is. Number nine, Alabama against number 11, Ole Miss. Bama with two losses. They are out of the college football playoff race. They are most likely out of the SEC championship game race, which is just weird. 
weird for Alabama. They do find themselves as healthy 11.5-point favorites on the road at Ole Miss. And I see a lot of points. I see a lot of points in my crystal ball. The total's high, 64.5. But Bama has allowed over five yards per attempt on the ground this year. That's all Ole Miss does. They run it, they run it, they run it some more. So I expect a lot of electricity over there at Ole Miss. I think they're going to run it pretty well. And I think Bama's offense is going to put up points. I think the three of us could put up points on Ole Miss's defense. Nothing to write home about. So I see this being a barn burner. What do you guys see in this one? Yeah, I mean, look, few teams run the ball more than Ole Miss. The Rebels have handed the ball off close to 65% of their plays offensively this season. That's the highest rate in all of the Power Five Conference. Uh, and that's because they have one of college football's best true freshmen in the backfield at, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Junkins. Uh, he's been absolutely unbelievable this season for them. Against this Crimson Tide run defense, we're going to see who's better. It's going to be a situation where it's uh, it, it, you know exactly what they're doing. They want to do it. They're going to get to it, and you just have to stop it. Now, you said something there I disagree with slightly because what if LSU falters, right? Yeah. What if they are riding high off of all that emotion and they get stomped by Arkansas. We've seen this happen all the time. All of a sudden, Alabama is right back in that SEC championship game conversation. So, yeah, you're not in control of your own destiny here like we normally are used to seeing Alabama, but they know what's at stake here because any slip up from the Tigers vaults you back to the top. So, um, it's an important game, and I think Saban, uh, you know, when when he's on the uh, on the hunt for a victory, he typically gets them. This feels like a different year for Alabama, but uh, but yeah, that run game for Ole Miss that is no joke. Yeah, a couple things here. Um, that Arkansas LSU game is fascinating. It's huge. Um, that that <laughs> line's a little tighter than I think I would have expected for. LSU coming off. Let down city, baby. Yeah, I I don't want to get too much down the rabbit hole there, or I guess the hog hole. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we can can address that one at a later time. But when it comes to Alabama, so this is like the spot for Nick Saban. 5-0 against the spread in his last five games off a loss. Covering by almost two touchdowns. Including uh, just a beatdown of Mississippi State earlier this year in this exact same spot. And I don't think the Bulldogs were even close to sniffing the end zone in that game until the final drive. I mean, that was just obliteration from the start. Now, Mississippi oh, yeah, State's a here. different animal than, than Ole Miss because of just the offense that they run. Mississippi State's offense is like is like the perfect offense for Alabama to defend. I, I don't know if Ole Miss's offense is as easy to defend because of how physical they are at the line of scrimmage. And let's be honest, Alabama's defensive numbers are a little bit below the expectation. Their defensive line outside the top 40 in adjusted line yards created. Outside the top 60 in passing down sack rate. That is very surprising to me because they have dudes up front that get after you in passing down situations. That is what they live for. And they are outside of the top 60 in sack rate on those quote-unquote passing downs, those known passing situations. Now, Ole Miss ain't going to throw a whole, a whole bunch. So it's how can 
Alabama's defensive line hold up against the run. I, that's more will than skill, and I, I do think they'll be up for this game. On the other side, Ole Miss's defensive line can absolutely be pushed around. They're outside the top 80 in that adjusted line yards created category on defense. So Alabama left, right, and center, Jameer Gibbs, you would expect him to have a big role in this game. And I think it's fair to say that Bryce Young is a little bit banged up or something is off there. I don't know what. Maybe it's thinking about the NFL. Maybe it's just shoulder hurting and he's not as willing to run and willing to use his legs. But there's definitely something off with his play. And I think that's something to watch this week. We'll see if it matters. We'll see if Ole Miss's defense puts enough pressure on him to make it matter. But I just I don't trust Ole Miss's you know, body of work. Their schedule was completely overblown. Their best team that they played was LSU. I mean, was uh, Tennessee, and they got absolutely blasted in that game. They couldn't cover against AM, despite the fact that they ran left, right, and center on them for 400 yards. So I, I don't know if I trust either of these teams right now. I don't trust Bama to cover a big number because their defense is a little bit wonky and Bryce Young's a little off. And I don't trust Ole Miss to, you know, really stay in this game with their physicality. So uh, it's all about Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, right? It's always what comes down to those two guys. Which one always has a better comes back day to that? And that leads to what Lane Kiffin said. He had a gem this week. Of course, we all know about rat poison. Nick Saban has made that phrase very famous, where it's basically talking about everybody's giving you your flowers. Like, oh, Alabama's the greatest. Oh, Alabama, who's going to beat them? And he says that gets into your head. You start thinking you're awesome, and then you let your guard down and you lose. That's rat poison. Lane Kiffin has said the opposite of that. Now Alabama's down. They've lost two games already. They need help. Even if LSU stumbles today against Arkansas, due to the head-to-head win, LSU's still ahead of Alabama. You need LSU to lose twice in the SEC if you're Alabama. So you have to wonder what the motivation is for Alabama in territory that they're not used to. They're not used to having two losses and being relatively out of the SEC title game picture and clearly out of the college football playoff picture. And so Lane Kiffin said, that's goat fuel. (laughs) I love that. It's right up there with rat poison. Goat fuel say, hey, what's Alabama's motivation? Are they even going to show up? Are they even going to care? Like When you start doubting them on that level, I do think Nick Saban will have this team ready to play. I do think there are going to be a lot of points today as well. But I just don't see an Alabama team shrugging their collective shoulders saying, oh, we're not going to be in the college football playoff. Who cares? I just don't think you're going to see that today. No. And you got to remember, like this this team runs like a uh, like a high level Bush League, Major League Baseball team in terms of like if, if you don't produce and you're one of the understudies to the stars on this roster, Uh, Nick Saban will replace you in the transfer portal and recruitment. Like, he's not afraid to make changes. He's going to play the best athletes or the guys that show the most will to win because that's all that's important in college football to head coaches is winning. And so that's an important aspect of this, Not, not necessarily for pride but for jobs. Like, you know, when a head coach gets fired in the NFL, everybody goes, okay, well, they're going to pack it in, you know, whatever it is, the Carolina Panthers or, you know, name it, you know, if the Raiders make a move or the Colts just recently. All of a sudden, that very next week, 
they're still a dangerous animal. They're a wounded animal, but they're still dangerous. There's still a bunch of pros out there. Same thing in college football with these high-level programs. You'll see a lot of times a wounded team get real dangerous late season. I can see that being the Crimson Tide. Yeah. By the way, it was Ole Miss LSU. I'm off today with my SEC games. <laughs> Ole Miss LSU, 45-20. It was a blowout, and that was the only team that they faced. I mean, the, the Kentucky game was a little bit, you know, Kentucky has a slight pulse, but really that's the only team Ole Miss has played with a pulse this year, and it was it was ugly. It was ugly. It's a Jason so, Daniels fest in that one. Yeah, Yeah, and listen, I, I think it's fair to – to look at Alabama's offense and say they can absolutely do that because Jaden Daniels and, and you know, it, there's not a huge step up from Bryce Young. You know, I, I think Bryce Young is better, but not infinitely better. I think maybe LSU's got some better weapons on the outside. And I, I could absolutely see 45 being the floor today for Alabama's offense. That being said, the, the, the Kiffin thing was fascinating. And again, this is the gamesmanship that goes into these matchups because the one thing I love about the SEC is every game is like an NFL game. And when I say that, it, the, the preamble to it, the amount of coverage, for, for example, and Rich, you, you, you experienced this. At Penn State, it was like this for a little bit. Those press conferences midweek on the big weeks, there's 100 people in that press room. Yeah. You don't see that at, at every program in the country. It's only a select few programs that have packed press rooms for these, pre, you know, these these midweek press conferences that are, you know, pretty sleepy in terms of actual meaning. But because of the amount of media that covers these SEC programs, it's huge. So 100 people in, in Lane Kiffin's press conference this week. And, of course, everyone's asking him to kind of, you know, dance on Nick Saban's grave. That's what everyone's doing this week. Alabama dynasty over, blah, blah, blah. And he downplayed it very well. Yep. And he did not give Nick Saban any of that goat fuel. In fact, he was the one that coined the phrase when Paul Feinbaum texted him over the weekend after Alabama lost. Because Paul was trying to get the story all, you know, churned up. And Lane Kiffin did a fantastic job downplaying. Made it seem like they were just facing a regular team this week. No big deal. Not facing your former boss. Not facing Alabama. That's coming off a loss and all the other, you know, pomp and circumstance that goes on with a top 25 SEC matchup. So I give Lane a lot of credit for not taking the low-hanging fruit and making this rivalry bigger than what it really is. Because right now, it's a pretty one-sided rivalry towards Alabama, despite the fact that this is a very big game. And Lane Kiffin's got all that history, of course, with the Crimson Tide. You know, guys, we were talking about stinky lines earlier with that Texas TCU game, right? A, a higher ranked team that's a, an underdog. We've got another stinky line we're going to get to coming up next, but someone who's not stinky at all, especially <laughs> with the sports updates. That would be Isaac Lowenkron. I low with the latest. What's going on here? Got to admit, and good morning, by the way, got to admit I got a little nervous when you, it's around this time, you bring up the phrase, Stinky lines. I started leaning to my left and right, uh, sniffing my sweatshirt just in case. <laughs> but thankfully, you pull. We actually have live audio of me sniffing yeah, my sweatshirt, by the way. But thankfully, as always, you pulled a well-timed 180. We start with uh, a college football note. Number two, Ohio State get away without running back Travion Henderson and receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba today at Indiana, and starting right tackle Dewan Jones additionally is a game-time decision on the field Friday. Night. Eighth ranked USC edged Colorado 
55 to 17. Meanwhile, up north of the LA Coliseum on Figueroa, the Sacramento Kings defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 120 to 114. The Lakers without LeBron James because of a groin injury, but they're now 2 and 10 on a five-game losing streak. In Northern California, Steph Curry scored 40 in Golden State's 106-101 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers despite 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists from Donovan Mitchell. John Morant scored 28 in Memphis's 114-103 triumph over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jason Tatum scored 34 in Boston's 131-112 win over Denver. The Celtics now 9-3 on a five-game winning streak. College hoops on Friday night on the flight deck of the USS Abraham Lincoln off of San San Diego. Number two, Gonzaga rallied from a 12-point deficit to beat Michigan State 64-63. And Temple upset 16th-ranked Villanova 68-64. Hold on. Got to check one more thing. All right. Fine enough. Back to you. Everything's good. You always smell fantastic, Ilo. Thank you. Yeah, no one questions that. Especially, in, especially in radio. That's right. Everybody <laughs> smells amazing in radio, no doubt. It smells it's, like ball. Fox Sports Radio's <laughs> Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Let's go! ACC matchup of the day. All right, so we've got number 15, North Carolina, against unranked Wake Forest. Wake Forest is favored by four and a half. <laughs> a clear shot at North Carolina. The betting line, the betting public, they are like, you are the bum slayers of college football, Tar Heels. <laughs> they got waxed by Notre Dame. That's the only team that's any good that they've played this year. They've barely survived. Listen to this on the road, their last three games. One by three at Virginia. One by three at Duke. One by three at Miami. They're barely getting by. Murderer's row schedule today. right there. Yeah, underdog today at Wake Forest. The total, by the way, is 78. And if you're thinking about Jeez. the under, a little tap on the shoulder, these teams combined for 113 points last season. Woo! It was 58 to 55, North Carolina won. So don't be shocked if you see a lot of fireworks today as well. Yeah, I mean, this one sort of feels like North Carolina – they're going to score more no matter what. They're just going to find a way. Um, but at the same time, Wake Forest isn't going to turn it over a million times. You know, they do <laughs> melt down occasionally. Um, but if they can keep it clean, I do think that this is just going to be a shootout, just a race to the finish line. But it, it does feel like if if uh, if UNC is going to win, it's going to be because this offense just isn't stopped. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm leaning North Carolina in this one. Oh, wow. Just, yeah. A little lean. A little wow. Ornberger lean right there. Now, Jared, you've got a great trend for this one. Let's dive into this here. Oh, yeah. Let's get trending. Oh, as if. All right, so uh, what is the, the great trend here in this one? And it actually holds true for a couple of games today because I think that Washington-Oregon game might be at this total as well. So 72 or higher totals this season and last season, the last two seasons. The under is 20 and 6 in those mm. games. Mm. So I know it seems like a high total. And I, I get it. I totally get it. But when it's expected to be this high – 
sometimes it falls short of those expectations. I mean, that's a 77% trend. I know the sample size isn't that big. It's only two seasons. But I didn't want to go back further than that because, let's be honest, the game has continued to evolve more towards offenses with every passing year. So I think the further you go back in this trend, the less totals you'll find in the in the low to mid-70s, which is really where I prefer the weather to be out here in Vegas, not in the low to mid-40s, which is what it was this morning when I walked my dog. But back to the the task at hand here. I mean, you kind of hinted at it, right? The point spread with an undefeated, or excuse me, a one-loss top 20 team against an unranked Wake Forest. And it's Wake that's not only a favorite, but the line's moving in their direction. The market, just like TCU Texas, just like Georgia Tennessee, the market kind of tells you where maybe you should be looking first. Now, again, does that mean this is game's over? We should all go home, wakes the right side, bing, bang, boom, and Mac Brown's crying in his, in his, you know, man cave later. No, that's not what I'm saying. You still have to play the game. But when you look at the game from a matchup's perspective, I could absolutely see UNC's defense really struggling here. They don't force as many turnovers as Louisville and NC State do. And... Wake, Wake's turned it over 11 times in two weeks. I mean, it's almost like they were putting Crisco on the ball before the game. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know how you could justify that. Now, to be fair, the quote-unquote expected turnover margin in that stretch was significantly lower. Less than half of those turnovers were quote-unquote expected based on how the play was developing. I don't know how they come up with that algorithm, but that's what the nerds tell us here. So I, I, I question a lot of those turnovers, and I question UNC's ability to force turnovers. They've only forced 10 all season. <laughs> and again, for perspective, Wake's turned it over more times in the last two weeks than UNC has forced all season in nine games. So there's a, there's a balance there that needs to be struck. I don't think Wake's going to be as sloppy. I don't think UNC is going to be as opportunistic. And this Tar Heels team, the strength of schedule is bad. One of the most prominent college football ratings professors in our industry has this Tar Heels team outside of his top 40. They are not a good team. They are a team that has been fortunate with their schedule and with some of their quarterback play. Let's be honest. If Mac Brown didn't have Drake May this year, Mac Brown might not be employed still. He might have quit. I mean, I just he's been literally the only bright spot on this UNC team. Um, especially on the offense. The defense has been a disaster. So we'll see how Wake's offense plays. Maybe the slow mesh returns this week. Return of the mesh. Return of the mesh. I I, I have a feeling UNC is not going to be as feisty defensively as the Wolfpack and and Cardinals have been over the last two weeks. I will say real fast, I'm glad you gave Drake May his flowers. Absolutely. He's 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 one of the best young quarterbacks in the country. He is. Collectively, North Carolina as a squad, eh. I don't think they deserve a whole lot of flowers, but Drake May individually, absolutely. Very sound young quarterback. Very, very good. And uh, I'm interested to see the stat lines of the two quarterbacks in this one, you know, because they could be gaudy, should be gaudy. So there you go. Total 78. We'll see how that goes. Okay, we are off and running. We got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. He's their lead betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next. Who, who is it? Is it um, who's the guy in Looney Tunes? Yosemite Sam, right? That's always hunting. You know what I mean? Figuratively, sure. that's what Jared Smith is doing when it comes to underdogs. 
right? He's always got his eye on the money line underdogs over here. We'll get some advice coming up. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Oh, we are two hours and ten minutes away from kickoff. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. No time to waste. Let's dive on in. Check this out. Parlay Platter. Yes, our parlay platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. In just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. Jared Smith, we roll out the red carpet for you and your parlay platter. Maybe a little top 10 upset here, I see. Yeah, I'm taking a bit of a shot here. And listen, we're taking shots every week with these now, and you know, our weeks of our chances of hitting one dwindling by the day, by the week. Um, but that's why we only put a little half unit sprinkle. And that's why we like to take shots, swing for the fences. Right. So this first game, Arkansas, LSU, noon start Eastern time um, in week. Woo, pig suey. Love the mascot. Love the fight song. Love all the things involved with Arkansas. I could. This is just a letdown game, and this is one of those stinky lines that just looks a little funky. I don't have a lot of analytical reasons why Arkansas is going to win this game. I don't have a lot of, you know, solid data points to tell you why LSU is going to lose. But the line is curiously short in a game where I would like to see a little bit more distance between what LSU just did to Alabama and what Arkansas just did against Liberty last week. So it's the classic letdown bounce back spot. Instead of taking the three and a half points with the Hogs, we will take the money line. Yes, top 10 upset. This is obviously the biggest long shot on my card today. Um, I, I like that. First of all, everyone's betting Oregon and the line has not yet touched 14. And that makes you scratch your 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 chinny chin chin because you're like why and we'll get into this game I'm sure more later but why is Oregon getting all this money and all these bets and we're not seeing it move towards that key number of 14 so I think there's a little bit of liability with the Ducks this week and you know me I like to be on the side of the sports books if they need a game to hit I would prefer to be on their side and Washington to me has the passing game that can keep this game close do I think they can win it outright Eh, probably not but I like them to cover the spread, and I think they're going to be in this game. So I'll take a chance that we get an upset. Of all the of all the top 10 teams today playing, I think Oregon's the one that 
if you want to play a money line on the other side, that would be the underdog that I would want to take. San Diego State, we were just talking about this game, Rich. I know you're going to be calling it later. I'm curious your thoughts. Jalen Maiden's been absolutely fantastic. I, I, and he's a safety, right? But his efficiency <laughs> since since he's come in to the starting lineup has been unbelievable. They're 3-1, and one, and I know that game against Fresno was wild. Jay Kaner came back late, and you could have argued that the Aztecs should be 4-0. And I, I think there's a little bit of a letdown vibe with this San Jose State team emotionally. And I, I hate to say it because it's a tough situation with, you know, one of their own passing away in a tragic way and, and you know, come, having that game canceled, coming back. But they've really kind of been on fumes the last two weeks against two really bad Mountain West opponents. And I think it could all kind of, you know, come on apart raveling if, if they get pushed around a little bit up front today, which is what San Diego State can do. So that's the Moneyline Parlay. San Diego State, Washington, Arkansas. 24 to 1, almost 25 to 1. 50 Bones wow. wins about 1,200 and change. So good luck, have fun, and go light. It's a parlay, probably going to lose, but we're going to have fun doing it. We are hungry. We are hungry for more. I do like that you have not let off the gas pedal. No. On these no. things, man. I mean, I could give you a three minus 300 money lines, and we can make right. 50 bucks on a $50 parlay, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where's the fun in that? We're going to do that what with our straight that? bets. Yeah, yeah you don't go to the craps table and say, hey, just bet on six. You say, uh, go buy well, I, I do bet on yep. six, but I also go four and ten, and I press the hell out of them after <laughs> they hit. <laughs> Hello, yo. Have you lost your mind with San Diego State yet here, Rich? Are they keeping you sane? Oh, I mean, dude, this team, it's been a wild ride this season, but I'm enjoying yeah. it. That's good, man. That's good. That's awesome. All right, coming up next – how college football lies to us. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday morning. Getting you all set for week 11 of the college football season. That's amazing right there. Now, Rich, are we going to start off each hour talking smack about the Irish? Is that what we're doing this edition on the show? That's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to Irish fans everywhere. I've got a lot of uh, respect for, honestly, what they've been able to do at the mid-season point with a turnaround. I uh, I think that the way things were trending early looked like this season could go right down the tubes, and they've made somewhat of a recovery. And we were just making a simple comparison, Brian. You said, you know, who's the Lakers of college football? And I said, Irish. someone got to him during the commercial break. I'm convinced. A booster paid him off. I said, well. Someone texted Rich. You know, Rich, we are. Yeah. yeah, something like that happened. Yeah, all the of a sudden hour. the wheels got greased. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh, grease yeah. them up, baby. They yeah, get I'm wearing, I'm wearing, South I'm wearing a four-leaf clover brooch. <laughs> yes, that's right. Absolutely. There's a Rudy poster in the background. Amazing transformation. He's a golden a, domer now. Why are you wearing a navy and gold cardigan? I don't know. It's just a little drafty in here. That's is, it, all. is it? Is it let down city for them at, uh, against Navy today? I'm seeing you some money on the dog here. We, we, I know that's not on the Uh-oh. list of games. But. No, it's a, we can absolutely make room for the what Irish What do you think here? there, <laughs> Mr. No? I need the Notre Dame vibe because I'm hearing underdog upset, you know, letdown maybe oh with the Irish today. Hey, man, you never know. We see it in college football all the time where you have that emotional win. Notre Dame beat a top five team and Clemson punked them, smacked them around. Yeah. yeah and now against Navy, job. who's three and six. 
neutral site game over there in Baltimore, right? Notre Dame a 17-point favorite. Yeah, maybe a little bit sleepy, but I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. Notre Dame's running game has been freaking weird this year because they could <laughs> not run it consistently at all at the beginning of the season, and now they're just running over teams. To run over Clemson the way they did when they were up, what, 28-7 to late, and they knew, Clemson knew Notre Dame was running the football and running it and running it, and they still couldn't stop them. I, I'm just surprised that Notre Dame's running game has looked as weird as it has. Bad at the beginning of the year and so good as of late. It's been a weird year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. It, what's, what's amazing to me is just how they've been able to hold it together. Like, you know, honestly, you know, when you have a start the way Notre Dame has had, you could have a unit pack it in for the year. I mean, and especially in college football, the way it's going now, big-time programs, and Notre Dame undoubtedly is a big-time program, you can have certain players all of a sudden get eyes for the transfer portal. You know, so it, it can get – I mean, you lose to Ohio State, that's a huge game, but you lose by a, a slim margin – on the road at the horseshoe. Okay, so nobody's turned their nose up at that. But then you follow it up with a loss at Marshall. I mean, it was looking, I don't know, it was just looking a little bit dour there for a while. And uh, they held together. Marcus Freeman's done a nice job. I, I, he's made a believer out of me in terms of whether or not he's ha- he has the stuff to be a head coach. There's no doubt in my mind there. What happens for the rest of the season, obviously, still up in the air. But Navy, they should handle Navy. Let's be honest. They, they should. should. Yeah. They the numbers say should. that I have say they should win by at least 18 points based off of the ratings that I have. And so the, the line at 17 right now seems pretty fair. It's probably not a bet I would – it's not a game that I would bet today. But I have seen a lot of people that I trust in our little circle of the you know sports gambling media peeps – um, look to the dog there, and I think there's a lot of letdown situational vibes that go against Notre Dame. But let's be honest, I've wa- I watched the Navy game last week because we foolishly bet the over in the Air Force yeah. game to try to. <laughs> How dare you trend. go against the trend? Yeah, Jared. it was How- Seamus versus the trend last week, <laughs> and the, the 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 trend one. But there there is there is some there's some problems with Navy's offense. I just I, I don't see them scoring a lot today. Unless they just run the the fumble ruskies and the you know the the pitchy pitchy woo woos and all the trick plays and all the option gimmicks that get them you know offense, but it it I think it's a tough ask today for Navy. They are outmanned by a ton of poundage up front. Absolutely, they are. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's get into this, fellas. Where college football, how they lie to us? They lie, and specifically. It is the rankings. If you look at the college football playoff rankings, the best example is that the number four team in the country, TCU, they are seven-point underdogs today at Texas. And so it's like, wait a minute. The number four team that's undefeated is a seven-point underdog? It's like, yeah, that's exactly right. So I think of it like this, and you mentioned it, Rich. The saying of sayings with Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. That's what the playoff rankings are. They tell you what you've done to this point. Now, I add, and this is how Vegas thinks of it, to the Bill Parcells' famous quote, you are what your record says you are, dot, 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 to this point. So if you take TCU, for instance, they are ranked number four because of what they've done to this point. But are they that team going forward? And that's where Vegas raises its hand. That's where the betting community raises its hand and says, 
that not convinced? So it's really interesting how those two worlds blend together. But make no mistake about it, the way the rankings set up, it is the Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are, and it has no indication of where things might go next. That's because, what Vegas is for. And, and that's the ultimate decider, the ultimate sniff test. At the end of the season, when this committee has to defend their rationality, they can point to the record and say, well, isn't this what it's all about? Isn't this a bottom line business? Aren't we talking about, yeah, I, I understand how a two loss LSU team could be ranked ahead of a USC further down the board uh, with one loss, you know, and you talk about strength of schedule in, in those circumstances and we could get into that too. But, but at the top of the, the tippy top of the board, like when you're going through one through four, what do all these things have in common? Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. They all have a zero in the, in the loss column. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just feel like if you're, if you're going to defend rationality, while at the same time, because we know that this is all made for TV, trying to generate buzz, get people like us talking about this on the radio, is TCU worthy of being one of the top four teams in the country? Well, we'll see against the Longhorns this weekend next. You know, it's just it, it's it's made for TV. It's made for radio. It's it's supposed it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, and it's also defendable because again, that is an undefeated football team. Yeah, I I agree. It's all for us. It's all for show. It's kind of like the Trojan horse, right? Yep. Not to put the tro- not to bring the Trojans into this. <laughs> Don't get me started on their game last yeah. night. Lincoln oh. Riley just why are you running up the score, bud? You're up thirty <laughs> with three there minutes. There was a left. pass in like the final they, minute. What? They were running their two minute offense. Oh, that's that crazy. <laughs> Lincoln Riley, man, he will and, not and be someone denied. on Twitter was like, oh well, he would. They were trying to get live game reps against Colorado. <laughs> it was Colorado's second stringers. You're better <laughs> off facing your backups in practice. There, it, it, Lincoln had some boosters that probably had some money on the game, and. I don't want to go further than that. But <laughs> the, the, the rankings, if you think these, these coaches don't know the point spreads. Oh, please. Take your flamingo head and take it out of the sand, people. They know the point spreads. Trust me, these boosters bet the games more than we do. Um, the, the rankings are all reality TV. Rich, you could not have put it better. There's four teams in the top four. And they all have one thing in common. It's the only thing they have in common. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because, because I'll be honest, if you did this in terms of the quote-unquote gambling ratings, it would be Georgia, Ohio State, then it would be Alabama 3, and then you'd wow. have a debate for 4. Yeah, all the ratings people that I talk to have Alabama third best team in the country. Oregon, Tennessee, probably neck and neck for 4. I think you could make an argument for either. That's Michigan and TCU wouldn't even be in the top five. So you just have to put that into consideration. Now, the good news is Michigan and Ohio State play each other. That takes care of one piece of the puzzle. TCU, let's be honest, I would be very surprised if they won this game today. That should take care of the other part of the equation. But there is still one very difficult thing to work out. And right now the committee is setting us up for what I think is going to be the biggest question of this cycle, Tennessee or Oregon. How do you judge those teams? How do you judge Oregon 
winning their conference championship in a weaker conference than Tennessee going 11-1 and in the better conference and having wins over Alabama and LSU. <sighs> yeah. Really tough to grade that. That's going to be the sticking point, I think, of this cycle. Now, of course, chaos could ensue. Oregon could lose today to Washington. I have it in my parlay. Of course, Tennessee, I don't think they're going to lose, but they're not playing in their conference championship game, so that's going to be a tough grade. And then you've got what if Michigan and Ohio State is this absolute instant classic over time. Do you downgrade one of those teams so much that they fall out of the top four? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I can tell you this. TCU is the one sore thumb that I think will get clipped this week. Well, here's the thing, though. Getting back to the rankings, this is the best way to do it. I can't imagine if you had the actual rankings where Alabama is number three in the country. You know what I mean? With two losses. The, the best way to do it is what you've done to this point instead of where things are headed. Yeah. So I think this is – it's almost like separating church and state in a way where the rankings have to be what you've actually done to this point because these games have to matter. Results have to matter. That's where Vegas, that's where the sports books, that's where all of that, where it's heading next – is what that is for. But it makes way more sense to me that TCU is ranked number four right now, even though they might not be going forward. But to this point, they are. Sure. Than it does to have Bama number three. You know what I mean? Like, I agree you have with that. to do it based on what has happened. You know, and I also don't mind being lied to when it's, uh, when it's not an important lie. Like, you know how sometimes you're having a conversation with yeah, somebody who's like a white lie? Yeah or, yeah, or like somebody who's telling you a story about their night. And you know they're embellishing truths because you were there for part of it, and they kind of forgot that you were there for part of it. Is that what being married is like, Rich? Exactly. But everybody's been there while their buddy's telling a story, and you're like, well, that didn't happen that way. Well, that didn't happen that way, and that didn't happen that way. But this is a better story the way he's telling it. So I'm along for the ride. That's what the college football playoff ranking's in. It's a better story if you tell it this way. So, yeah, I get it. TCU, probably not a top-four team. Alabama, in terms of strength of schedule and how close they've kept it with other teams and blah, 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 maybe they belong in the top four. But it isn't that way. Because on paper, when you look at it, you know, these, these, you know, CFP committee members, you know, they're, they're, they're taking their, their glasses off and they're rubbing their weary eyes and they're saying to themselves, <laughs> like, how can we justify the horned frogs? It's staring at them directly in the face. They have a zero in the loss column. So you can go to print. You can send it out to all the, the, the news media, the sports media, and everybody's going to say, well, I mean... <laughs> I guess. And it's a storyline for a week. And it's a better story than the other way around. So I don't mind it. I, I'm standing next to my buddy telling the story and I'm smiling because I know there's some fibs in there, but I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah. It, it, Rich, it, that is a very, very poignant way of putting it. Because as much as gambling and all of the things that we do on a weekly basis in the gambling markets are at its core to make money. Right. I'm not 100% in that realm. I think if you've listened to this show long enough now, you know that I'm not a professional gambler. I don't rely on my bets for money. There is an entertainment value to what we do on a weekly basis. And I don't think any of our listeners are 100% in the gambling space opening up their apps every week because they're going to pay their rent with that money. They want to be entertained when they're watching the games. 
that's what we provide with some of the bets. We hope to win. We're, all, we're always trying to win. We're not trying to lose. But there is a level of honesty that comes to these rankings. You're, you're right. It is kind of this, you know, raw, this is what it is, but it probably isn't, and we're going to get there eventually. I think the committee at their core probably knows they're naive to think TCU is a top four team. But you're right. There is a level of entertainment that goes along with this process that we follow on a weekly basis that I think the rankings also kind of mirror. Now, the fascinating thing here is when we go to 12, 12 teams for the college football playoff, this problem will be alleviated a little bit because Alabama would be in. Right. And there's no question about it. Now, I know you can – oh, well, the difference between 12 and 13, you can make that distinction. Well, the 13th team in the country probably has no chance of actually winning the college football playoff. So really it's how do we get the field right and how do we include a team like Alabama that clearly deserves to be in the conversation but because of some extenuating circumstances, schedule, and of course a couple of tough losses where, let's be honest, they were ahead in the final seconds and it took – you know, comebacks in both games for them to lose against really good teams. How do we get Alabama into this conversation? You can't with four. With 12, it's an easy, it's, it's an easy call to make, even though there's going to be plenty of one-loss teams left out of that 12-team playoff, and they're going to be like, well, Bama's lost two games, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think there's a lot of discussions to be had, but at its core, you're right, Rich. This is an entertainment product, and it's pretty darn entertaining when you put the undefeated team in the top four, and then they get beat because... Everyone loves quote-unquote upsets. By the way, TCU losing this week would not be an upset. Let's no. you know, I, I just add the little cherry on top. I was just thinking that this has to be maddening for the committee if you really think about it because we, we kind of assume that they don't think about where this is headed. They might. They, they might not be sold on TCU going forward, but you have to rank them on where they are right now. You know, that, that's what makes more sense. Pick a state of choice. We'll use Indiana, for instance. If uh, you're driving 70 miles per hour in Indiana, if someone says, hey, where are you right now? You'd say, uh, Indiana. If you drive that, that speed for the next nine hours, you're no longer going to be in Indiana. Like, right. that's how the polls are. Right now, TCU is number four. They're in Indiana, right? Like, yeah. But if they keep driving the way that they're going, they're not going to remain there. The committee might not be oblivious to that. It's just they have to rank them where they are right now. That's the only way you can do it, really. Yeah, the story's unfinished, and you got to give uh, you got to give credence to consistency because they've been consistent on this. They they rate and value uh, having an undefeated season higher than most other intangible qualities about football teams. It's like, well, where their defense ranked? Well, that doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Yeah, it does if they had the same record or, or one. if we were comparing them one loss against another one-loss team. But they have something that those one-loss teams don't have, which is an undefeated season. And, and they've been consistent on that. They've always rated undefeated teams in Power 5 conferences ahead of the rest of the pack. And we saw with Cincinnati, even a group of five team can elevate if they keep it perfect. So... They've been consistent on that point, and I'm not saying it's pretty or it's right or it works. It doesn't, but it is entertaining, and I think that is the same way betters and, and sports books are looking to make money. They are too, but they're looking to make television money, and the way you do that is increasing interest, and the way you do that Bingo. is make it a story, and they have. Bingo. Yes. Hey, every Absolutely. time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets, and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted 
to MGM Rewards points that can be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. All right, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I am Brian, though. Coming up next, we'll do a little hurry-up offense, huh? A lot of games, a lot of games on the slate today. Some quick notes on a few of them, including maybe the best team in all the land. How many points does their opponent score today? We'll have that for you. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to invite a friend, and in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. All right, a couple of quickies here, guys. The number one team in the country, Georgia, at Mississippi State. You got Georgia, healthy favorite, healthy favorite over here, favored by 16 and a half. The question I have, Mississippi State's offense against another outstanding defense, how many points did they score? Because they have not scored a lot of points against better defenses, especially against Alabama, only six points scored. That was at the very end of the game to avoid a shutout. Against LSU, only 16 points. Against Kentucky, only 17 points. So against Georgia today, I can't expect Mike Leach offense to be exactly prolific today. Yeah. You know, I will say this, though, about Mississippi State's defense. Uh, Defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. Difficult defense to prepare for. Uh, It's the 3-3-5. A lot of movement. A lot of pressure. You know, so if there is a one-off where I could see Georgia maybe struggle to put some points up or be confounded by certain things offensively early, will they get figured out? Yeah, yeah, the Bulldogs will, you know, they'll they'll handle this. But I, I this could be one of those games where first half, maybe it's low scoring, maybe it's closer, but um, that's the only feather in the cap you could really give to Miss State. Otherwise, you know, Georgia's going to continue to roll here. I don't see this as being much of a roadblock. Yeah, a little tricky line movement here. And again, we don't use the line movement as gospel. It's just kind of a guide, almost like a you know, like the lighthouse that guides you in to rocky waters. But I will say this, Georgia's not taking up the money. It's been mostly Mississippi State money. And the line's moved in the favor of Mississippi State. So nothing fishy to talk about. But Stark Vegas, maybe tough spot, letdown vibes. I mean, I'm trying to make a case for Mississippi State to keep this close. (laughs) Situationally would be the only reason why. Because I think the data says Georgia's the best team in the country. How many points? How many points for Mississippi State today, Jared? What do you say? I mean, they scored six against Alabama, and Alabama's defense significantly worse than Mississippi State. Now, Alabama's defense is kind of built to defend this this strange Mississippi State sideline-to-sideline horizontal offense. Maybe Georgia's a little more up-tempo with their defensive schemes, but I would say less than seven, maybe ten max. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Rich, how many points for Mississippi State today? Yeah, I don't think they reached double digits. Less than 10. Okay. Um, I think it's it's a touchdown or it's two field goals, something like that. So six or seven points. It's just, look, I mean, Georgia's pass rush especially is emerging at the exact right time. We want to make this late season push and depend on your defense feasting up front. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't see much of a glimmer of hope for Mississippi State here. Give me 13. Wow. Me 13. Taking me over. <laughs> like strictly garbage time points, something Yeah, yeah something let, let's fluky. strip yeah. out garbage time because if it's 50 to 7 in the final <laughs> No, no, minutes, no stripping out they're of gonna garbage go, time. Garbage Lincoln time Riley, matters, hurry up You need those backdoor covers. Yeah, there. right. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, real fast here. Let's do this. Nebraska at number three, Michigan. Michigan favored by 30 and a half. At BetMGM, I love this quote from Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's head coach. He was talking about star running back Blake Corum. And he's talking about Corum winning the Heisman. Said be hard to imagine that he wouldn't win it, That's win the Heisman Trophy. Insanity. And I love this quote. He said, there's been quite a few backs who have won the Heisman Trophy, and I would bet my truck that Blake Corum is on pace or ahead of many of those running backs that have won that Heisman Trophy. Who have those teams faced? Right. Mr. Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and how prolific were those quarterback stats? I mean, Coram's right there in the years. odds, but I don't see it, yeah. Rich. I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see I it. I don't either. Look, I mean, are, is this going to be a big win? Will Coram run wild on Nebraska? Oh, yeah, he's going to go crazy. Be better. Yeah, this is going to be absolute. I mean, turn this one off at halftime and take a shower. Uh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it, but, but, yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> is he going to win the Heisman? No, probably not. But I love Jim Harbaugh because he says something – every single week that's quotable and then we put it up there and then we fire holes through it and then next week he just tosses the next clay pigeon in there. <laughs> that's right. What do you think Harbaugh's truck, like do you think he drives a Ford F-150? I don't want to ruin any yeah, sponsors I that Fox has, but what kind of truck? Chevy? Is he a Chevy guy? A, a Ram? A GMC? Something with a dual axle. And he, yeah. <laughs> something with a heavy? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm pulling stumps out of the ground in my backyard. What are you doing with you your You see him driving time? around Ann Arbor in his, in his eight-cylinder <laughs> Hemi. Yeah. I would like one of those little four-cylinder trucks, you know, like the small... What are you, like, a Prius uh, guy there, Brian? Yeah. No, no, I, I'd like the like, Prius like a of Ford, Like a Ford Ranger? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Let's just leave it at this. The line with the line in this game went from 24 to 30. Oh, so Blake Corum probably sitting at halftime because, yeah. let's be honest, Michigan State's got bigger fish – or Michigan's got bigger fish fry. They actually have a big game next week against Illinois. Oh, really yeah. Big game. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good uh, running back showdown in that one next week for sure. All right. We're going to follow the money coming up next, but right now we follow the sports update. With Mr. Isaac Lowenkron, a guy who does not need a shower at halftime. Isaac Lowe. Of any <laughs> Isla, what's going on, buddy? We actually have a Jim Harbaugh truck update for okay. you coming up in just a few moments. Love this. We will start by getting you ready for today's action. Second ranked Ohio State running back Travion Henderson and receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba out today at Indiana for the Buckeyes. Starting right tackle Dewan Jones is a game time decision on the field on Friday night. Eighth ranked USC defeated Colorado 55-17. to In the NBA on Friday night, the Sacramento Kings defeated the Lakers in Los Angeles 120-114. Lakers without LeBron James because of a groin injury. They're now 2-10 on a five-game losing streak. Steph Curry scored 40 in Golden State's 106-101 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
34 for Jason Tatum as Boston bested Denver 131-112. The Celtics on a five-game winning streak. They are now 9-3 and three overall. In Major League Baseball, ESPN reported this morning that Houston Astros reliever Rafael Montero has agreed to a three-year, $34 million extension. Now, here's the Jim Harbaugh truck update. Picture it. 1970, Jim Harbaugh was hit by a mail truck. What? Oh, no. What? He was six years old. He was uh, chasing a ball into the street. Wow. And he got hit by a mail truck. Uh, He broke his leg, had a cast on. But here's the rest of the story, as the late Paul Harvey would say. Uh, Let me see if I can do my math right. 47 years later, he reunited with the guy who hit him. Stop it. Stop. The guy who hit him. How do you find out that that nugget? (laughs) Did he hunt them down? Like, was it like a, that's crazy. And here's the other thing. The guy who hit him turned out to be a life insurance salesman. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) And he tweeted an ad for the guy's life insurance uh, (laughs) company tweeting out his phone number. So that is the story has more twists and turns than the college football playoff. Indeed. Back to you. That's your Jim Harbaugh truck update. (laughs) Great stuff. That was outstanding. Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. We cover all bases over here. Shout out to Isaac Lohenkron right there. Let's dive into this now. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we are following the money with Seamus McGee, our friend here, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM, does a a fantastic job. Good morning, Seamus. I always want to know what stands out to you more. And and you've you've done a great job of detailing the woes in college football, right? Like, uh, whoa, this line or whoa, this line movement. What is catching your eye today? I think it's the game. It has to be uh, the game of the day with uh, TCU at Texas. It's not every day you get the number four team undefeated on the road catching a touchdown, and uh, we're still seeing some money coming in on the TCU money line and a pretty balanced book, I'd say, on that spread. There's nothing really sharp about this game, but I'd say some uh, some public money is definitely coming to the TCU money line. But that's definitely one that caught my eye just from the jump right there. That's interesting, Seamus, because I would have expected. Texas to be the sharper side in this spot. And I guess the follow-up would be, is the committee right on TCU? Because I heard people on some other networks say that they should be on upset alert this week. And I, let's be honest, that, that they need to look at the point spread because TCU can't be on upset alert as a seven-point underdog. But is it possible that maybe there's a little more love in the market for the Horn Frogs than I give them credit for? I'll always trust the betting market's opinion over the college football playoff <laughs> committee. Um, and, and this line tells you, I mean, I think Texas is, is a better team than TCU. Uh, but, I mean, when it comes to the committee's job, I think they do have to be fair at some point. This is an undefeated Power 5 team. If they, if they run the table, they're going to go to the playoffs. No matter how much better Alabama is than TCU, they're going to get the spot over them. Um, that's just the way it is. But so while I do think, I think the point spreads should matter a little bit to what the committee thinks. Like how much do you, what do you think the line is going to be in this semifinal game, for example? But in a way that's also like not really their job. So it's a, it's a little bit of give and take. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at where the line opened on the LSU-Arkansas game. It went from one and a half, and it's creeped up to three and a half in terms of the favorites, Tigers over the Razorbacks. So the market doesn't believe in the emotional letdown for LSU after the big win over Bama, do you? I, I certainly think it's a thing because LSU's back on everyone's radar. Everyone's ready to write off Brian Kelly as soon as they lost week one to Florida State. But then they've been, and then they got smashed by Tennessee, but they've quietly picked up some good wins. You know, the Ole Miss win was big. The Alabama win was huge. Now they're back on everyone's radar. And I think there's certain teams the public just falls in love with, like brands. LSU, and never LSU is good. People are, love them. They're going to want to bet them. So I think you're definitely seeing that. We're going to need Arkansas pretty big. Um, Missouri right now is still our biggest need against Tennessee, but close behind them is uh, Arkansas. A lot of action coming in on this game. He's Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. I don't know if this question makes any sense, Seamus, so you can smack me around <laughs> if it doesn't, but how often do results from other games affect the bets here and now? And I just have Tennessee in mind where – Earlier in the season, they were a big underdog at, uh, against Alabama, and they won. So there was money line money coming in on them. Just last week, they were a big money line underdog, and they got smacked around by Georgia. So does that have any impact on this TCU-Texas game impacting the, the money line money coming in on TCU? It's hard to ignore like previous results like that. But, but then again, it's also apples and oranges. Tennessee plays in the SEC, Alabama's and Georgia's in there. And TC, the Big 12 is just a lot of it's, – it's a mess right now, the Big 12, where somehow you after about nine or ten weeks we have TCU sitting undefeated in first place. Um, the market kind of agrees that Texas is probably a top 15, maybe a top 10 team in the country, really, that they just haven't been getting any of these results to go their way. Um, it is a little, I get, I get, I understand the question, but it's a little different just because TCU is a completely different team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you take the whole body of work with Texas, I mean, the games that they lost were heartbreakers games that they had leads in games that they were controlling the tempo in games that their starting quarterback got hurt in. I mean, it's, and I think you have to look at that whole body of work. At least the ratings have to account for that. Whereas, the college football committee can just look at the standings and say, power five, undefeated, let's put them in. And again, it will shape itself out today. I think will be the first notch in that belt. Speaking of a mess, the ACC is an absolute mess. And I think this Wake Forest UNC line is evident of that. UNC is 8-1 and one, undefeated in the conference. They are on the road against a team that has turned it over 11 times in the last two weeks and have looked absolutely lifeless. Yet not only... Are, is the bad, lifeless team favored, the line's moving in their direction. I'm assuming we're seeing a lot of unranked favorite vibes where the market's telling you Wake Forest is the right side in this game, Seamus. Am I wrong? Uh, you're definitely right. Um, it's, it's pretty much been all Wake Forest, at least on the money line coming in, and then a slight majority on the minus 4.5 coming in. But we definitely took sharp money on minus 3.5 earlier in the week. And the sharper side is even on the over in this game. We opened up 76.5, and and just today this line's crept up to 79 now. So defense optional down in uh, North Carolina today. Now pop up. It's 79 and climbing. But I think you're definitely right with the the line thing with Wake Forest. It's definitely a 
sharp, sharps and squares on the same side in this one. Seamus, you know, you mentioned that LSU is a team that doesn't surprise you that people love to bet on when they get hot. Is there a team or teams this season that you've seen an atypical surge in the handle on them, right, that surprised you because they're not usually a popular team at the window? Oh, it has to be the, the Jayhawks this year. It was Kansas. <laughs> this is probably the fir- I said in the office day, this is the first week, I think, this year we haven't desperately needed whoever's playing Kansas to win. And it's a, it's a weird spot, too, because they're, they're still pretty alive to make the Big 12 championship game, but they're, they're catching about three and a half at Texas Tech. So it's a strange low handle on that game. I guess it's just basketball season now, so everyone's kind of forgotten about it. But <laughs> Before you go, Seamus, uh... How do we get rich today? What's the yeah. play? Yeah. <laughs> so I flew a little too close to the sun last week with my service academy. <laughs> Run against open. the service academy trend, Seamus. <laughs> shame against the machine. Seamus on you. <laughs> so I think I've got to give the people what they want with an FCS, FBS. Game. Let's do it. And I'll go a little, little different than what I usually do. I'm, give me New Mexico State laying three touchdowns against Lamar today. Wow. Oh, okay. Stay with me here. They tragically had their homecoming postponed against San Jose State. They get a bye, then they get a huge win last week over UMass on the road. They come back. It's a de facto homecoming game. Lamar is not a good FCS team. They're 1-8 on the year. And I think it's just going to be, for the the fans in attendance, it's going to be an atmosphere where they're going to really want to yell, Win this game. I think they're going to run up the score. Okay. That's the play. Let's go with New Mexico State. Love it. Seamus, always appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the day. We'll catch you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Awesome stuff. All right, we've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American with a shaved clavicle. We've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. He's got two equally – Non-shaven clavicles, right? I'm praying no. (laughs) Do you ever think you'd be described like that, Jared? Here we are. He's got got really equal collarbones. I haven't shaved. I I don't shave, period, anymore. So I'm kind of a grizzly, grizzly Adams these days. Very nice. Hey, coming up next, the start could be way different than the finish. We'll explain. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. I'm rich and I'm dead sexy. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Ah, yes, it is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Here we go! Not live yet, live betting. Ready to go! All right, so we're forecasting here. We're thinking of how these games might start off, where we could take advantage of in-game lines, right? Making in-game bets here. So, Jared, we'll start with you quickly. Anything you're forecasting today, which game you have your eye on? I mean, I think it's that total, right? The Wake-UNC game. Yeah. And I gave out the trend that, you know, totals this high trend under. But... 
clearly the Sharps unafraid of that trend because I'm seeing, you know, onshore it's still hovering 78, 79, but the offshore markets tend to be the, the indicators and I'm seeing it's moving up. So maybe if it starts slow, maybe you get 75, maybe you get 74, but yeah. clearly there will be points in this game. So anything you can get under 78 and a half, which seems to be the consensus number right now, I would absolutely consider the over. I like that. Um, I like that. I, you know what? I'm looking at your Fighting Irish. Okay. You know, if, all right. If you uh, if you love the Irish today, but you're not in love with covering up 16 and a half, here's the one thing I could say about them is they are a good second half team offensively. Uh, if you look at just last game as an indication of this, it was three touchdowns against Clemson in the fourth quarter alone, 21 points scored by the the Irish. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you're in love with the Irish today, but you just don't want to touch it at 16 and a half, if this game starts slow and that, that comes down a little bit, jump all over it, and they'll make, you, uh, they, they'll make you look really right in the second half against Navy today. There you go. I've got my eye on the LSU-Arkansas game. Mm. The total is 61 and a half. We've got icy conditions over there. The goalpost has some ice on it. There's snow really? on the field. Yeah, so I'm thinking possibly an in-game under. Maybe this game starts fast, and it just starts to slow down. LSU, emotional win last week. Maybe they aren't as sharp. Maybe it's a little bit of a letdown spot. By the way, Brian, you've what? given so many gems to our group chat yeah. this oh, year. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Live no. Brian, no. live betting no. <laughs> Changing my Twitter handle, absolutely. <laughs> All right, coming up next, the coach that was a joke at the beginning of the season. Not anymore. We'll have details. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? We are less than an hour. Before a kickoff over here on Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. You know, to start off this hour, I thought we'd start with a tweet. Jimmy checked in and said, not Sam, it's Elmer Fudd who's always hunting. I had a ah. tease earlier in the show. I went Yosemite Sam. Is it Yosemite Sam hunting, though? I know he's got the guns and he's shooting the floor. Is he not hunting, though? No, he's more, he's more of the rackin' fraggin' varmint. That, that's Yosemite Sam. Oh, yeah. He's the gunslinger. He's yeah. like the wild, wild west. Big old mustache. Yeah. The 10-gallon yeah. oh, yeah. Fudd. Now, I'm he's after. Rich. I'm so, a billionaire. I'm a trillionaire. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That, that was Yosemite Sam. That was Yosemite. Ah, okay. And, and, and Fudd, he's hunting wascally wabbits. Wabbits. Ah, that's, that's right. right. That's yeah, right. Elmer Fudd is always hunting because the comparison was Jared Smith is hunting underdogs. He's looking through the point spreads trying to hone in on underdogs. And so, yeah, you're right. I think uh, Yosemite is way more fun than Elmer Fudd. But if you're going for the hunting thing, you got to go going for accuracy. Right. If we're going, it's go. like we're the committee. If we're going for entertainment, it's Yosemite Sam. If we're going for accuracy, <laughs> that's right. it's the point spread <laughs> and Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yeah, Yosemite is um, Vegas, right? There you and go. Elmer Fudd is the college football playoff committee. There you, you go. You just Something hope like that. that none of those rabbits stick the, the, the carrots inside the double-barrel oh, shotgun. That's that, I mean, oldest trick. Old in banana point. in the tailpipe. Yeah. 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 yeah, terrible trick right there. <laughs> okay, so we've got number seven LSU at Arkansas. And so 
Arkansas, just a three-and-a-half-point home underdog here. LSU with the huge mammoth win last week against Bama at home. Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach, he goes for two. He was aggressive. It paid off. They got it. They got the win. Now they're sitting pretty. They're Unless they screw it up, they're going to be in the SEC championship game because they've beaten both Ole Miss and Alabama. Those are the two teams chasing them in the SEC West. And it has changed dramatically for Brian Kelly. He was getting clowned that first game of the year. They lost to Florida State. And you give it a couple of months, now all of a sudden Florida State is ranked. That loss doesn't look that bad at all, especially after you've beaten Ole Miss and Alabama. Those are the last two games that LSU has played. They've won both of them. And they're in a great spot right now with Arkansas, UAB, and Texas A&M to close the schedule this year. Yeah, they are in the catbird seat, as they say. If if the Tigers win out and they find a way to beat Georgia in that title game we were just talking about, they will ultimately be in the playoff as an 11-2 and SEC champion. There's no question about it, which is – Wild, because a two-loss team has never been invited to the playoffs during this eight-year history. Again, going back to what we were talking about in the second hour of this show, if the college football playoff committee has been consistent about one thing and one thing only, it's been win-loss records. Typically, you're going to see undefeated seasons take precedent over one-loss conference champions even, but... This is different because strength of schedule really matters in this argument. So, you know, it's it's really their destiny's in their own hands. Now, the question's going to be, can they handle it? You know, can you handle rolling off those two huge wins? And last week was a huge win. You mentioned the two-point conversion. This feels like a little bit of an emotional trap game on the road against Arkansas. Yeah, and also the weather. You you mentioned it, Brian. I did not know that it could get that cold in Arkansas. I, I'm <laughs> unfamiliar with the terrain and the topography there in Fayetteville, but clearly, I mean, I'm seeing, I just looked up the weather report, 30 degrees. Mm. And it's also central time zone, if I'm mistaken. I think it's central time zone. So it's an 11 a.m. start time. I mean, that you want to talk about making the spot even more difficult for LSU, which, by the way, is a passing offense that has to deal with a brisk, cold, windy, slightly wind. I'm seeing 11-mile-an-hour sustained winds in what is the most difficult letdown spot of their season after beating Alabama. I mean, I understand why the sharp money is favoring the Hogs here, despite their defense being awful. I mean, their defensive numbers this year for Arkansas are just bottom feeder, outside the top 110 in EPA per play. There's only 131 teams in the FBS. They're team 112 <laughs> out of 131 in EPA per play, 120th against the run. Now, again, LSU doesn't run it as much as your other teams will. They put the ball in Daniel's hands. He runs it a little bit. But this is a passing offense at LSU's core, and they want Jaden to kind of run the show. But, man, I could start to see why this game might be a little closer than the experts think. And if you're looking at the rankings and you're seeing top 10 LSU against unranked Arkansas and the point spread's just a hair over three, you might be fooled by some of that rankings nonsense. But 
I kind of like Arkansas in this spot. They're in the parlay. Yeah. Whooping suey. They're right there. <laughs> and the uh, total has ticked down a little bit, obviously, due to the weather. So it's at 60 and a half right now. That, that's not like a 39-point point spread that you'll see in the NFL from time to time. 60 and a half, still a lot of points. But due to the weather, it has ticked down a couple of points. So we'll see how that shakes out as well. We got to get to the game of the evening. TCU and Texas. We've talked about it before, but there are so many tasty morsels on this one. Number four, TCU undefeated against number 18, Texas, who's 6-3. and three. I love one of the quotes from TCU head coach Sonny Dykes this week. He said, I do think there's extra motivation when you play against the big brand team, whether it's Oklahoma, whether it's Texas. They've got a lot of Twitter followers, TikTok followers, <laughs> all that. <laughs> I wish I, love I could that. hear Sonny Dyke say TikTok. That, I, that I, is need, I, I need that right bite there. in my ear right now. I love that he's just <laughs> aware of it. It's great. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, is it like a sarcastic like TikTok? Like, did he, how did he say it? What was the tone there? It had to be. There's a little southern drawl right sure. there. You know, TikTok. Yeah. That's we got our tick-tock. players yep. out there talk ticking all talk over. Ticking. Yeah, yeah, that's, all that's over. how I would have said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on snap face and all Also that. love snap the running face. back matchup in this one, man. Bijan Robinson, we all know about him. Flat out stud for Texas. And Kendra Miller, quietly the TCU running back, over 1,000 yards already. He's only 120 yards behind Bijan Robinson. That's it. So, Kendra Miller, he could be a big factor in tonight's game as well, depending on the the health status, like you guys have detailed. Duggan, a little bit, uh, not 100%, and Johnston, the stud wide receiver, he's not 100% either. So, if you're able to run the ball effectively, that takes pressure off both those guys. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. Look, you know, it's really going to come down to the battle up front. A lot of games do, but um, – especially this one. I mean, when you look at Texas's main strength, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. It's their pass rush. It's what those four guys up front for them do. Not only in the passing game. I shouldn't. I shouldn't underrate how well they played in the run game too. You look at some of the advanced metrics on this Texas uh, defensive line. Um, in terms of average depth of tackle in the run game, it's under four yards, wow. which is astounding um, because that means they're limiting explosive plays and it's week 11 of the season. So this is a large sample size. Now, TCU's offensive line, they're good. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Uh, they pass block well, they run block well, and you mentioned it, they have a better run game than I think they get credit for because the pass game with Duggan and Johnston uh, gets a lot of the uh, the highlight reel material going. But, yeah, this is going to be strength on strength. Who's going to blink first, the offensive line for the Horned Frogs or the defensive line for the Longhorns? Yeah, it's such a fun matchup. And I, I think when you look at TCU's offense, so the best – defense that TCU has played this year was Kansas State, at least metrically. And in the first quarter of that game, they were held in check. In the first half of that game, they were held in check. One of their worst halves of offensive football all year. And then the quarterback situation just unraveled for Kansas State. Martinez got hurt. Howard got hurt towards the end of the game. I think it was from the second half on. I I forget the exact moment that Howard went out. 
But on the first drive, yeah. it was Martinez out, and then Howard went out. And then for the majority of the game, and the majority, I think the entirety of the second half, they were facing a third-string quarterback. Let's be honest. If Adrian Martinez or even Will Howard stays healthy in that game, TCU probably already has a loss. And this game has a completely different vibe to it. And again, they faced a backup quarterback. I got the number wrong. It wasn't five. It was four of their last six games. The Oklahoma State game, they did face Spencer Sanders. But Oklahoma, Kansas State, Kansas. I mean, they have gotten very fortunate. And of course, last week, Texas Tech's starting quarterback went out about midway through the game. So there's there's just a lot of things that I can look at with this TCU defense and say, man, when you see Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers, that's talk about talent-wise, hands down, the most talented crop of offensive, I guess besides the Alabama, you know, running back quarterback that you, you might be in the country in terms of the the upside there with Ewers and Bijan Robinson. So I'm just I'm fascinated to see how TCU's defense handles that and if they can hold up because they didn't hold up against Deuce Vaughn in Kansas State. They gave up a ton of points to Kansas. They gave up a ton of points to a lot of other offenses like Oklahoma State that I I don't put them in the same ilk as the Texas talent. So I just I I think TCU's defense as much as their offense is going to keep them in this game. I think the defense is really what's going to push this really to the Longhorn side. I think it's a great way to look at it because if TCU is 8-1, and one, they just have one loss, which they easily could have, as you detailed, uh, Jared, at this point. We look at them a, much, uh, a lot differently than them being undefeated and 9-0. and oh. It's just a different deal. So I think that's a great exercise is how would you feel about TCU if they were 8-1? and one? If you're gung-ho on taking the seven points and I'm going with TCU, how would you feel about them you if they were 8-1? You could flip it too. What if Texas beats Alabama? That's true. Yeah. You know? But you could also yep. – I think of the other the side of the coin here is are you sold on Texas? Because I know, and you detailed the metrics and all the measurements and all of that with Texas, they do – Measure better than TCU. That's fine. But at the heart of it, are you, are you sold on Texas? Because let's run down their resume real fast. Lost to Texas Tech. Had a nice lead on the road against Oklahoma State. Lost it. Completely gave up the lead. Lost that game. They had a big lead on Kansas State last week and held on for dear life. They barely yeah. beat Iowa State. Like There are a lot of holes in, T- in Texas's resume as well. It's not just TCU here. Yeah, you know, I mean, what is it outside of Alabama? They've won all their home games, though. You know, that that's something to talk about because, look, you know, when you have a – is this one a night game? Yeah, it's a 7.30 kick. Yeah. Yep. When, you have, when you have that stadium packed in with a team – now, not as good as, you know, past teams. Obviously, this isn't the Vince Young-led Texas uh, program during the Reggie Bush years at UC, USC. It's not, it's not that. But, I mean, it's a team making a turnaround of sorts. That, that's a tough place to win. That's the other aspect of this, especially in college football with inexperienced players and road offenses dealing with crowd noise in a packed 100,000-seat stadium. Like, that matters too. And this is a team that uh, went right down to the wire, and you'll have a lot of Longhorn fans complaining about the officiating during that game with Alabama, and that's their only loss at home. Um, so – there's that aspect of this too against uh, against the Horned Frogs. They got to handle the elements coming into coming into that stadium. There's so many little things 
that TCU has to overcome in this game. And that's why this line is what it is. And I know, and it's it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough pill to swallow if TCU comes in here and just you know blows the doors off the horns. I don't see that happening, and I I just I don't see TCU's body of work in the same way that I guess the committee does. And the point spread agrees, but again, they they still have to go out and play this game, and that's the part that you mentioned, Rich. Texas has had issues closing out games Mm -hmm. and that's why this isn't the lock of the year first of all i would never give out a lock of the year anyways (laughs) but but it it, like usually the indicators here are so bullish towards the longhorns that this would be a very large wager for me if it wasn't for the fact that i'm not making very large wagers in college football this year because of how volatile these markets are and how difficult it is to win on a weekly basis and tcu has avoided every possible minefield in their path. This is a tough one. There's a lot of artillery that they're going to have to dodge in this game in order to come out on the positive side. And I think this line's going to close north of seven. I do. I'm already seeing it trend that way. I'm seeing a couple of shops at seven and a half now. And I think seven minus 120 probably is the consensus at this stage. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature, and new users. Use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We still have a lot to do, a ton to do. We've got Rich Ornberger. He loves to cook. The Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. He loves to walk his dog. I'm Brian Miller. <laughs> I love to play guitar and uh, really? rewatch know that. Um, Wayne's World. I don't know. No, my favorite rewatchable movie is uh, Training Day. Love Training Day. Oh. Denzel Washington. Outstanding That is a good movie. Could watch that one on a loop. All right, coming up next, a game featuring a player that has turned in one of the most surprising performances this college football season. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We are only 35 measly minutes away until kickoff. Let's do this next. Let's go! Pac-12 matchup of the day. All right, it is number 25, Washington, against number 6, Oregon. Oregon, 8-1 on the season. They are a 12.5-point favorite at BetMGM in this one. And to me, guys, one of the most surprising performances this entire college football season has got to be Bo Nix. If you look at the Oregon quarterback, I'll just go year by year. Touchdowns, interceptions, just one thing to look at. So when he was at Auburn, freshman year, 16 touchdowns, 6 picks. Okay, he's a freshman, sophomore. 12 and 7. Ugh. Last season, 11 and 3. That, that's it for the season. Wow. 10 games. 
This season, 22 touchdown passes, five interceptions. His completion percentage has jumped up quite a bit too. He averaged 59.4% completion rate at Oregon. At, at, I'm sorry, at Auburn. At Oregon this year, it's over 73%. He's been tremendous so far this season. I'm curious how he plays today. Michael Penix Jr., the Washington quarterback, he throws it all over the freaking place. But Bo Nix has done a very good job of just sticking to what he does well. He uses his legs. He's been very efficient in the passing game. So I would just stick with that. Stick with what you do best instead of trying to match yards and points and whatever with Michael Penix Jr. I would expect Bo Nix to be good again today. How about this? Expecting good stuff from Bo Nix. Yeah, good Bo, bad Bo. I'm I'm thinking good Bo shows up today. And also, <laughs> the one thing you can say about this Oregon Ducks team that you couldn't say about some in the past is the fact that they have a willingness and ability to run the football. And that has been a huge aspect of their offense. Washington really doesn't, by the way. Washington's run game has yet to show up this season. Much of the offense has been around Penix uh, throwing the football downfield. And if you look at Washington over the course of their season, you can probably say, well, they've held you know, teams like Cal and Oregon State to 21 points and you know they can they can limit some of the scoring against but then you take a look past just the stats and you look at those games they were weather games and they benefited the Washington defense so you're talking about a Huskies team with a a defense that really stops no one in the pass game from their secondary standpoint they have to really lean heavily on their defensive line to get a pass rush when they have success they struggle stopping the run um yeah, I, I like Oregon in this spot. I like how Bo Nix has played. I don't think or, – here's another one. I Aside from, like, the point spreads and things like that, I don't think Oregon loses again this season. Mm. Big game next week against Utah. I mean, yeah. That's really the – that's really the decider. It's Judgment Day in the Pac-12 next week. <laughs> Buy it into the Ducks. UCLA. Yeah. <clears throat> and the Utes and the Ducks. So – I learned something this week about this specific matchup. Washington actually considers Oregon a bigger rival, and oh, Oregon yeah. considers Washington a bigger uh, rival than they do their in-state teams. That's right. Yeah. Oregon freaking hates Washington. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A and big, and big it, it goes both ways. I did not know that. I would yeah. never have guessed that. I would have always considered the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State, and I don't even know what they're calling it these days, political correctness, but the game between Oregon and Oregon State. Right. But the numbers here are starting to paint a pretty clear picture that these teams are moving in opposite directions. Oregon's 5-0 and ATS in their last five. Washington 0-5 ATS in their last five. And that's after starting 4-0. and So the market says these two teams are starting to separate from – the, the median. Oregon's moving way up in the ratings and Washington's moving way down. Well, that means it's time to buy low on the Huskies, right? That's all. That's what that means. <laughs> no, it, I, I think the matchups here absolutely favor Oregon. I, I can't, I don't care how much contrarian blood I have in my body. I can't deny that the Huskies are awful against the pass. They're not uh. great against the run either. Their defensive, <laughs> line, their defensive line doesn't create a ton of movement. And I think their only hope in this game is that Bonix doesn't quite play up to expectation. But let's live in a reality for a minute that Washington's offense sets the tone early. 
and puts a little pressure on Oregon. Because let's be honest, Oregon hasn't really been pushed a whole lot this year. And when the stakes get higher, it's Kenny Dillingham, it's Bo Nix, it's Dan Lanning. These are guys that haven't been in those spots before. I'm not saying Washington has. Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix haven't. But like I said, I'm seeing a lot of blowouts for Oregon. They haven't been close in a game since that Washington State game. And let's be honest, that game was absolutely bananas. Oregon could have absolutely lost that game. It was pick six. It was fluke turnover. It was this and that. So, But they haven't played a close game in the fourth quarter in two months. Mm-hmm. So what happens if Washington's offense does what I think that they are capable of doing, which is to get some points and to put up some yards on an Oregon defense that also struggles against the pass and is a little bit thin in the secondary. Is this game close in the fourth quarter? And if so, does the pressure get to the Ducks with that massive game next week and the college football playoff all dangling out there for Eugene Nation to swallow up? It's going to be a fun one in Austin today, that's for sure. You know, I'm going to give you uh, the tight sphincter theory here. Okay? <laughs> hey, listen, that matters. These are 18 to 22-year-old kids. That's this, part of it. It is part of it. This is what I'm thinking. One of the reasons I like Oregon is because they're in chase mode. They're number six right now. Yeah. They're not in the top. Four, That's fair. Right? So I like the thought of them being aggressive. Hey, it's not good enough to just win. We've got to win with a little bit of style, a little bit sure. of pizzazz. They're in aggressive mode where you look at some of the teams in the top four, it's like the prevent defense. We've got a lead. Yeah. Let's not screw it up, right? You're like, right. So sometimes you can be passive to a fault. You're not going to have that with TCU at Texas today, obviously, right? But it's just being in the top four versus being outside the top four. And sometimes those teams outside the top four, they can be a little bit more aggressive than the teams currently that have a seat at the table. You know what? The Ducks, they've played four common opponents with the Huskies so far this season, and they've they've scored on average eight more points against those opponents than the Huskies. I would say last, last season overall, when you looked at all of the analytics, it screamed that Oregon was overrated before they got absolutely smoked by Utah. Uh, twice <laughs> like you know i mean it it was it was pretty obvious like that that the world that that the world thought of Oregon one way and then everything caught up with them by the time they ran into that buzzsaw but i'm not going to say that a top 5 ranking for for Oregon at this point in the season is warranted but top 10 absolutely they're not overrated i could see this one you know similar to what you're saying about being in the chase seat about looking at uh, needing the style points in a win, especially before playing that that uh, that Judgment Day matchup against Utah and avenging what happened last year next week, I could see this being a runaway victory for the Ducks. I wow. really, I really, could, I could see this being, and it could be high scoring. I'm not saying Penix will completely fade. You know, this could be one of those games though where. You know, we see very few punts. We see the Ducks really controlling the game offensively with their run game and their passing attack. And and this this, I mean, this total will even be blown away. I 
I, I, th I think especially in a rivalry game, too, because, yeah, it's absolutely true. These two teams are bitter rivals. You're also going to try to embarrass the other side. So whoever uh, whoever has the lead, and I think it'll be the Ducks, is going to win by a landslide. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to be on opposite sides of this in the rapid Ooh, fire. So. Okay. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and listen, I hear Based what you're on saying, how Rich. You just laid that one out. I definitely hear what you're saying, but what a great spot to wreck your rival season yeah. if you're the Huskies. Yeah, you know? that's very so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it from that standpoint. This game's going to be really fun. I, agree. I think I'm more excited about I think this game and TCU Texas are my two favorite games of the week. You're not looking Obviously. forward to Navy and Notre Dame in less than 30 no. minutes? No. Although I will say New Mexico State <laughs> Lamar is climbing up the rankings very quickly now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome to betting. You know? Let's do like, it, baby. Welcome to betting. It makes these dog matchups a lot more interesting. All right, we got to switch gears. Welcome in here, Mr. Isaac Lowenkron. He is a renaissance man. He is a uh, pursuer of fine-tasting wines, and he has a sports update for us here, Ilo. Including several glasses already this morning. Thanks so Very much. <laughs> this morning, NFL Players Association President J.C. Treder has issued a statement in which he calls for the immediate replacement and ban of all silt film turf. Silt film turf is a type of synthetic turf that Treder says is associated with higher injury rates than all other types of surfaces. Treader says that silt film turf is used in the home stadiums of the Saints, Vikings, Bengals, Colts, Lions, as well as the Giants and Jets. In college football, second-ranked Ohio State running back Travion Henderson as well as receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba will not play today at Indiana. Starting right tackle Dewan Jones is a game-time decision. Kickoff coming up at the top of the hour. NBA Friday night, the Sacramento Kings defeated the Lakers in Los Angeles 120-114. Lakers without LeBron James because of a groin injury. They're now 2-10 on a five-game losing streak. Steph Curry scored 40 as Golden State got past Cleveland 106-101. Boston's Jason Tatum scored 34 in their 131-112 triumph over Denver. The Celtics on a five-game winning streak, now 9-3 overall. Finally, in Major League Baseball, ESPN reported this morning that Houston Astros reliever Rafael Montero has agreed to a three-year, $34 million extension. Time for my next sip, so I'll send it back to you guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. By the way, I love we're talking ball here but in baseball Houston wins the whole thing they win the World Series and they offer their GM a one-year deal and the GM is like are you freaking crazy like the team owner and the the GM hate each other and by the way guys they signed their reliever to an extension. I'm like, who who did that deal if there's no GM right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. Jim Crane's just signing guys left and right. Hot stove. Let's do it. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. How about this? Another tasty matchup, ranked versus ranked. We've got UCF against Tulane. Yeah. Showdown in the ACK, as I call it, the American <laughs> Athletic Conference. Tulane, what a turnaround. 2-10 last year. They are 8-1 and one and the highest-ranked group of five team right now. That is a huge turnaround. They're like the Lakers. Lakers are 2-10 right now. Can you imagine the Lakers winning eight of their, last, uh, of their next nine? I don't, but that's what Tulane has done from season to season. So shout-out to the Green Wave over there, getting it done. Yeah, yeah. How about this? This game will not only determine the favorite to win the American Athletic Conference or the ACK, 
as you put it. <laughs> but also the favorite then to represent the group of five in one of college football's biggest six bowl games right now, that New Year's six, uh, that the, the, um, the lead dog out of the group of five gets invited to. Um, really what this comes down to is UCF, uh, UCF's, the, the Knights passing game against Tulane's uh, pass defense. Uh, you know, you have UCF, who has one of the best offensive lines in the nation at protecting their quarterback. Uh, they have kept him on his feet his entire season. And, and uh, what's his name? Plumley. I mean, I'll tell you what, he's a good passer from the pocket. Like he he takes full advantage of the time he's given and uh, delivers the football downfield. So it's going to come down to Tulane uh, getting it done in the pass defense grade. They got a great pass rush up front. This should be one of those fun games, a higher scoring game, a lot of a, a lot of footballs thrown. Uh, and it's going to be an emphasis on who gets to the quarterback more often. We'll see what happens with the, the green wa- with the green wave. Uh, they've only. They actually have allowed a lot of passes downfield to go for 15 plus yards, so there, there's that. But this is uh, this is going to be a fun one if you're into the group of five knights taking on the green wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this game too. Um, couple of nuggets here. So this is the first time that both Tulane and their opponent has been ranked in a game since 1973. Wow, Isn't that amazing! That? Yeah. Ranked versus ranked for the first time this Green Wave team since 1973. And again, Tulane is the best ATS team in the country. Eight and one against the number. So By the way, is, Jared, how about yeah. this too? The last time they hosted a ranked team while being ranked, you got to go back to 1949. That's just <laughs> That's insane. insanity. I mean, and again, the college football landscape 10 years ago is not the same. Imagine 70 years ago. 1949 is the last time Tulane has hosted a ranked team while also being ranked. Now, again, the the, the ATS trend to me says one thing. Yes, they've exceeded expectations this year, but also now you're starting to pay a premium if you want to back the wave. And I think that is where this game falls in my head. If I want to bet Tulane in this spot, I better be pretty darn sure that I'm getting the better of the numbers because I again I think you're paying you're 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 paying up to bet this team. Whereas UCF, I think they've got the edge in the trenches. I think they've got an interesting quarterback dynamic situation brewing here. And if I'm Gus Malzahn, and I think he's done this, I haven't heard word on who's starting yet. It could be either Keen or Plumley. And Mikey Keen's done pretty well, seventy five percent completion percentage. In two very difficult games, Memphis and Cincinnati. I mean, they went on the road last week to the Liberty Bowl, which is a very tough place to play. And they handled their business. So we'll see what the vibe is this week. If they can figure out this two-lane defensive line, which is not as strong as UCF. I think UCF, again, has the edge in the trenches. But can we give Tajay Spears some love? Almost four yards after first contact. I mean, he is a rock star. So UCF's front will have their hands full. But their defensive line, again, top 30 in line yards created, top 15 on standard downs. They create a ton of negative plays. And this two-lane offensive line has been susceptible to negative plays this week. But, again, I think they haven't faced a a coaching scheme as good as Willie Fritz. And and I I think they've got the edge in the, the coaching box today. So... 
I see some conflicting both sides of the matchup here that I like. I'm not betting this game. I've got UCF's win total over eight and a half, and I'll hope that they win. But I, I could see Tulane being very game here in this spot. I've got a trend for you that is, is outdated but entertaining. How about this one? Tulane has lost 60 consecutive games against AP-ranked teams. That's the stat right there. Now, I went wow. to a New Orleans, sta- uh, New Orleans Saints game the year they won the, the Super Bowl. And uh, I was walking into the stadium, and one of the guys said, these ain't your daddy's Saints. And that's what I think about Tulane, right? These ain't your daddy's green wave. Like, this is a different squad here. But take it for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. They have lost 60 consecutive games against ranked teams. And, they and you could also, today. like, to that point, you could also credit the transfer portal because it's happening at the group of five level. I know that we're paying closer attention to it at the power five level. You know, all of a sudden USC is able to lure the top receiver in the country or arguably the top receiver in the country. And it makes headline news, but Tulane, you see all of these teams, they are luring uh, uh, players from, from power five conferences uh, who are being replaced in recruitment or in the transfer portal themselves to come and take a step back in terms of you know strength of competition and get starts and wins and build their credit back at the group of five level and you're seeing that with a lot of these programs you know they they've got a little bit of name recognition off of the past couple of years and they're able to lure some some pretty highly prized recruits or or uh, current active roster members on some of these power five schools to come down to their school and get starts immediately. So, yeah, this this ain't your daddy's green wave. That's a, that's the right way to look at it. <laughs> Willie Fritz deserves a ton of credit here. Oh, he yeah. does. He's Absolutely. a heck of a head coach that nobody talks about. Yeah, I mean, he really has. And again, Gus Malzahn's a pretty good coach too. But I, I would give the coaching edge to Tulane today. Yeah, man, when you go from 2-10 and 10 to 8-1, and one, that speaks yeah. for itself right there. That's a huge turnaround. All right, coming up next, it's the moment of truth. All the data, all the analytics, all the stuff, we make picks. We make picks coming up. The true question is, will I have more than 15 seconds to make to You make, will. Make the adjustment selection. has been made. <laughs> all right, a little bit of hurry up offense from uh, Jared oh, Smith coming up here. It's We've got Rich Ornberger, the Penn State All-American, Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. You're running the two-minute drill, huh? Coming I'm up running next the, I'm the running picks. the uh, Lincoln Riley uh, cover play going down I the field it. last night up 30 points. We'll also have the play of the day for you right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to that. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. By the way, coming up at the top of the hour, up on game, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris, get you all ready for a huge football weekend. By the way, shout out to the crew, Isaac Lohenkron, tremendous on the updates. Ryan Bershinger, trusted producer, and Iowa Sam, our technical producer, was live at the Coliseum for the first time to see Colorado and USC last night. So shout out to him. Very nicely done. All right, let's dive into this. 
Rapid fire. Okay, time to make three picks each. We'll start with you, Jared. What are you thinking today? Well, my my feedback has been negative on my timeliness of these picks. So here you go. 30 words or less just for you guys. Texas minus seven. Gary Patterson. B. John Robinson. Hook them. Washington plus 13. Michael Penix. Game of his life. Bonix throws picks. Wake minus four. Return of the mesh. Here we go. Tar Heel turmoil. Have fun. Good luck. All right. All right. I've got an 11 and 18 record overall. I was 0 for 3 last week trying to make all this back. Oh, no. Penn State hosts Maryland today. This year's Nittany Lions have blowouts over bad teams. So I'm laying the 10 and a half at Happy Valley. Uh, the Ducks, they're hosting the Huskies in Eugene. Home bow has been good bow. I don't have the Oregon Ducks losing again this season. I think they win by a landslide. They cover up the 12-and-a-half-point spread. Louisville, all right, seven-point underdogs. They're first in the ACC in turnover gains. I got a close one in Death Valley. They are going – I'm going with the seven-point dogs in Louisville. So it's Penn State minus 10-and-a-half, Oregon minus 12-and-a-half, Louisville plus seven. Okay. All right, first off, Texas starts fast. TCU starts slowly. I'm taking the Longhorns in the first half. Minus four and a half. Play them in the first half. I like the Ole Miss, Alabama over 64 and a half. I think Ole Miss is going to run it well. I don't think they're going to stop Bama very well. I think there's going to be a lot of points. And I'm taking the Scarlet Knights. Give me Rutgers plus 10. At Michigan State. Michigan State, nice win last week against Illinois. They come back to earth this week. A little bit of a letdown. All right, we got time for this. Let's do it. This is the best play of the day. It's a touchdown. Give it to me. All right, Jared, what do you have for us, buddy? Shame is special, baby. New Mexico State laid the three touchdowns against Lamar. By the way, Brian, we got a battle for the top spot in the ratings here. I'm are we 18 and 12? 18 and 12. Both 18 of and 12. Us? All right, let's do it. 